Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The success or failure of most businesses comes down to the people. And if you're able to empower people to... I'm not going to lie. When we signed our deal, everyone congratulating you really boosts your ego. And I think sometimes it like it distorts your like view on the world. For me, the goal was not to just be known as a label owner. It's to be more than that. If I die tomorrow, can I say that I'm impacting people's lives in the way that I want to impact people's lives? The goal was to then create a business where create products that enrich the lives of consumers. And you're seeing how a product can actually transform someone's view of how they feel themselves and that's really really impactful there's no point just creating products and putting it into the marketplace and there's no usp or there's yeah. no need for it when it comes to product the value is actually what does this product do for me yes the celebrity is going to bring initial hype and traction but if the product's not good they're going to use it once and that's it you can't build a business from just people using product once you build a business by like your repeat customers and you're not defined by where you, where you come from. Yeah. And I think that's a big message that I always yeah. want to tell people. Like, like you have to be able to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you grow up in ends, you don't realise it when you're confident, but you have an audacity to do things that ordinarily most people wouldn't be able to do. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We've got a special guest in the building. I'm very excited about this one. David, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. A bit tired, but yeah, I'm good. Yeah? I'm Why good. are you tired? <laughs> um, there's just a lot happening um, yeah. this week. We've obviously, Nala's, um, we announced that it's going into Morrison's and okay. Ocado um, and Amazon as well, which is amazing for us. Um, and then the brand Sips that we're launching with, the rapper H, going into retail next week so okay. excited about that so wow. everyone's like geared up to obviously make sure that's the as a good good launch so i haven't been sleeping well i think i've got whoop um which mm. obviously i've used to try and help me sleep mm. um and i checked it today and i've only had like three hours sleep so seriously yeah, three hours sleep yeah how are you functioning right now i don't know <laughs> it's all adrenaline um that's crazy I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Um, Mad. I think my body's used to it now. Yeah. Like I can survive with like four or five hours sleep. Like really? consecutively, yeah. I cannot do yeah. that. But the good thing about me when it yeah. sleeps like when I go to bed, yeah, within five minutes, I'm conked out. Like okay. it's not a thing where I'm spending an hour in bread, like yeah. moving about, all of that kind of things. I'm like I'm conked out and obviously one good thing about Whoop as well, it shows like light sleep, deep sleep. Mm. And the good thing is I have a lot of like in the five hours or whatever, I have like a lot of it is like deep sleep, which is, okay. which is good, which is the most important thing because I could have eight hours sleep, yeah, and deep sleep could be like ten percent. So, oh man, so, yeah, but oh. it's not it's not healthy. Everyone yeah. says like sleep, sleep, and I think it's I'm happy important. that because before everyone's like sleep four hours, wake mm. up at four a.m., do the grind kind of nah. thing, but now you see a lot of people talking about like why sleep so 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 important, mm. and for me, I realized the importance of it and. I'm trying to improve, like, on weekends, I try to sleep longer yeah. to catch up on it. So sleep, sleep's important because even everything, like, every day, like, when you're making decisions and stuff like that, mm. I can tell, like, if I have good sleep, I can tell I'm on it, the energy's yeah. high, even when it comes to gym, workout's good, 
um, decisions are being made, like, great. When I don't have it, mm. I can feel it straight away. Okay. You eat badly, yeah. your decisions are poor, like, yeah, you don't even want to go to meetings and stuff yeah. like that. Same here, yeah. man. I feel <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. as well. Like, I, yeah, I value my sleep more and more. Yeah, me too. Yeah, as I get older, yeah, yeah. sleep's been coming. It's probably because yeah. you're so excited, the adrenaline, like you said, of this announcement. I think, yeah, like, yeah, to be yeah. fair, I kind of liken it to, I don't know if you felt like this, but, like, you know, with exams, right? Like, I remember, like, a few days or yeah, a few days before an exam, you kind of dream about the exam. You kind of can't no, you said sleep. You're excited about exams. I don't know. If <laughs> no, I was not excited. excited. No, no, no. Yeah. Not excited. Yeah. But you, but yeah, like, yeah. You all you're like, thinking about, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. when I say excited, yeah. I mean like anxious. Should yeah. I say yeah, anxious yeah, yeah, about yeah. it? So dreaming you, about. That's all yeah, you're thinking yeah, about. Yeah. That's all your the anticipation yeah. until it kind of happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like just making sure everything goes right. Yeah. To perfection and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah. Cool. We're gonna definitely talk talk more um about that. I guess before, you know, obviously we uh delve into your story. Who is yes. David? Oh, in terms of like the brief or like who am I? I'll say how oh, you on. Oh, I don't I don't to be honest. People will find that difficult to answer. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm not someone who talks about myself a lot. Yeah. I'm just same here, which is funny yeah, as yeah, I find it difficult yeah, too. Yeah. I just do. Um <laughs> but I would say that I'm someone who is purpose driven. Like, yeah. I think for me, being purpose-driven is key to everything I do. Yeah. Personal, professional, professional. Um, so, yeah, just being purpose-driven um, and someone who wants to make an impact in the world. And it doesn't have to be something huge. Just even, like, saying good morning to someone in the in the street. And I know Londoners, we don't mm-hmm. do that. But soon doing that is, like, having a little impact. So, for me, it's just being purpose-driven and focusing on your purpose. Mm-hmm. And then, two, just being, like, impact-driven in terms of, like, making an impact in, in ways that you, you can. And, and like I said, like, having fun whilst whilst doing it, to be honest. Like, we only live, like, one life, as people say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, having fun doing it, man. I love that. I love that. And where are your parents from? So, they're both from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yoruba. Oh, I'm not a Yoruba okay. demon though. <laughs> I'm not even and, uh, before before that. they start tagging me or whatever, no, that's not me. Um, but yeah, I'm Nigerian Yoruba. Yeah, um, were you were you born in the UK or like you know? Yeah, I was born in the UK, so born and bred in the UK in okay. South London, South London, uh, South East London, South East London. I'm from South East London. Yeah, exactly, yeah. How, how was it like growing up? And I guess what area did you kind of grow up in? So I grew up South in New Cross, um, okay. and it was it was interesting, it. man. It was interesting. I think being from South equips you to to, to deal with life. Like there's a lot of like obstacles and hardships you go mm-hmm. through. And I could definitely tell that being from South London definitely equips you and gives you this kind of like um I won't say buffer, but like a like a shield to like all of the things that happen because you've gone through, you've seen a lot of things and you're like, compared to what I've seen and what I've grown up in, what I'm doing now is is pretty much it's pretty easy to be honest. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think having Nigerian parents was great because I like to think I'm a great negotiator. Um, and I think even my team, like anytime there's something to negotiate, they go to me. And I've, obviously in my career, I've done it like throughout. And when I was thinking about like, why am I a good negotiator, whatever like that. And I was like speaking to my mom one time and we were just talking about like childhood and stuff like that. And every Saturday she used to take me to like Deptford Market. Um, okay. And you know, Nigerian parents, like yeah. even the price is there. <laughs> She will try and negotiate the price. Like it could be, it could say it's one pound, <laughs> and she will try and negotiate the price. And then, and then from a young age, obviously, I saw that kind of thing where she negotiated and how she did and how she charmed the person and saying do this for me and all of that kind of things. And I, to see, I can I learned that from from that thing, and to think that you learned that from 
your mum buying stuff in debt for market is yeah is that thing but i'm just being honest yeah that's that's why i learned in terms of like negotiating and obviously as i've done it throughout the years i've i've learned in terms of like people yeah. like finding out what they want listening quite well mm. and obviously like i said at the end of the day a good negotiate or a good like deal at the end for everyone is where both parties feel that they've won yeah. um, in some shape or form. So, 100%. yeah. I love that. I love yeah. I love that. The fact that you said that you let that ring <laughs> yeah, on my Nah, because I, I could definitely relate. That's such a, that's so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> she's trying true. to get the discounts oh, all the time on yeah. everything, on and every little thing. Sometimes the guy would be like, no, there's no discount. And the way mom used to do it, yeah, I used to like, wow. <laughs> I used to just look at her and think, wow. Um, I definitely got that like entrepreneurial, yeah. like, negotiation kind of thing from, from, from her yeah mad, she was mad. yeah very entrepreneurial so how did i guess like in terms of school did you go to school in new cross so <laughs> funny enough i went to primary school in st joseph which is in deptford mm. um i then went to a secondary school called st thomas the apostle which was in peckham okay yeah i know yeah, 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 which yeah, obviously yeah. if you're from new cross and you go to school in peckham yeah, <laughs> yeah. back then <laughs> yeah. um and then i went to christ the king which is a school in um lucian so okay. my school life was mainly built in southeast london to be honest okay so yeah. all growing up there yeah. i guess what were you like in terms of like school did you did you enjoy it do you were you quite attentive in school yeah. um i enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed it i i i personally think that i am someone who works smart mm. and i think okay. sometimes that um annoyed my teachers um but for me some people might agree or not i just like to think what's what's the easiest way to get to like what your goal is um, so for example, if it's like, for example, maths exam or whatever, I would obviously earmark who are the best at maths and obviously pitch them. Oh, actually, you know what? What a good idea. Rather than everyone studying individually, we should all study as a group. Um, and then obviously, obviously you're learning a lot from them, like in terms of like how they work things out, because mm -hmm. there's certain, there's certain like techniques and skills that people use to like work things out or yeah. to do maths equations that you're thinking, wow, like, my teacher didn't teach me this. How do you know this kind of thing? And you just pick up those things like quite, quite, okay. quite easily and stuff like that I would do to obviously make sure I, I did great in like my exams. And I was like a people person. I played football um, in school. Um, I wasn't the most, uh, I wouldn't say I was the most like, like noisiest or talkative in, mm -hmm. in class and stuff like that. We all do banter, like we're all a little bit cheeky kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed school, man. I enjoyed school. Um, I learned a lot. I had some great friends that I still have now. Okay, at school. So yeah, man, it was, it was a good experience, man. It's crazy yeah. that you said that. I've never heard anybody say that they <laughs> that they rap for exam that they round up everybody yeah. so that they could coach. You have to be smarter, man. <laughs> You have to be smart, oh man. Yeah. That's crazy. You have to be smart, man. That's... I learned about collaboration and all of yeah. that kind of thing early, man, because. My thing is, is there's obviously going to be smarter people than you, like mm. all the time. Yeah. And for them as well, they actually found it helpful because when you're teaching someone something you've learned, mm. it becomes more innate in you. Yeah. So you're like, oh, wait, how do I teach this to this person who might not know nothing about it? And then you have to break it down in your head and go, okay, cool. This is the best way for me mm. to teach it to this person. Yeah. And then from that, they obviously understand whatever problem or whatever it is yeah. in a better in a better light. So... It was women for both, to be honest. So I didn't just gain, they gained as well. Yeah, because I'm, 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 yeah, they got good grades as well, so. That's yeah, mad, yeah. that's mad. Okay, yeah. so did you did you actually end up going to like um, college? Or you... Yeah, I went to college, went college. to uni, yeah. um, did international business with law. Okay, um, oh, mad. That's yeah, a... got a 2-1. And I, was, I did the um, vote of thanks speech as well. 
Okay. So you know where you do the validatorium? Yeah. I think it's called, yeah. Where you speak in front of like all your, your peers. Isn't that like a top? Like yeah, I don't know why they chose me, but <laughs> they got but me yeah. up there, boy. Is it? Um, yeah, no, I think obviously one reason was because um, luckily, well, not luckily, I don't, I like to always say that lucky, but I think obviously work, um, hard work plays a, a lot to it is I was uh, listed as a future leader on okay. Powerful Media's um, list of like students. And I think it's like top 100 students in the UK. I've never heard of this. Yeah, check it out. It's Powerful Media. They've got one for like older people. So they've got okay. like the power list. Okay. Um, oh, which I'm, obviously, I yeah, which obviously shows like the top yeah. like black entrepreneurs, yeah. business people, etc., okay. executives in the country. And then they basically have got a student one where it's like the top 100 stu- black students mm. in the country. And they obviously call them out and stuff like that. And it was, it was me. And actually, one of my friend as well who got listed mm-hmm. from my for my uni. So I think that was one of the reasons why. Okay. They. Um, How did you get on that list, me. though? Do you know? I don't even know. I think someone just nominated me to this, and I was like, I think it was first year. Obviously, everyone enjoys. Mm. That's just a write off year. Yeah. But if you go, if you're going to uni this year, like it's not a write off year. It's like, <laughs> um, but because obviously, when they they shouldn't tell you that your first year doesn't count towards your. <laughs> your grade. They should, never, they should not tell you true, that because true, some of you are like, yeah, the last minute um, <laughs> dissertation or coursework or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, so first year, I think, like I said, I wanted to enjoy like uni life because it's the first time that you leave home. First time I left home and mm. you don't have your parents. So you're like, what is this? This is a new environment. I can have friends over and it's not even worrying about my mom's here or anything like that. Like you're, you're more free. Yeah. Um, so one, you're adjusting to that kind of like new environment, obviously new people from different areas. Mm. Like before like South London, like a lot of the people, you know, are from like your area. There might be some people here and there. Like if you have a cousin or whatever, that might be another area. You might know people there, yeah, yeah, yeah. but predominantly a lot of the people, you know, are going to be from like your area. So when you go to uni, having people from like, obviously North London, West yeah. London, not even just that Scotland, Birmingham, Manchester, mm. all of these different type of people with different backgrounds who are different from you. You come into this like environment where you're meant to learn and it's like you're just adjusting to it. Yeah. Um. So that was great. Like again, built like great friendships and I think I was very entrepreneurial then. Like, okay. And I always try to think like, where does it come from? It, and I don't know, like I think it obviously comes from my mum because mum's like that. Mm. But basically I set up something called, and I wish I stick to it. Like, because obviously I'm seeing things like, um, Oh, what's it called now? I actually use it now. I forgot what it's called. But basically, basically, Style and Go was a um, a hairdresser on the go. So basically, okay. you would okay. um, go on a website. Yeah. It, it was only for like my uni. You go on a website and say you want to book a, um, a hairstylist, mm. a barber, a makeup artist, whatever, mm. and they'll come to your to your to your okay, like a mobile one. Yeah, like a mobile yeah. one. I forgot what the, the company's called now, but there's a big company now. And I'm like, if I kept at doing that mm. till now, the company would be worth like millions and millions. And yeah. it's so funny where an idea that hap- like was probably like, I don't want to like <laughs> expose my age, but maybe like 10 years, 15 years ago, mm. I had that idea. And obviously you're seeing this idea now, like mm. doing like, yeah. amazing. Like, oh yeah, one of the companies called Urban, they do like massages, like you can book a massage okay. and they'll come to your house and That's do your cool. massage and stuff like that. And obviously having that idea then, yeah. it was like, Ron, I think it was, it was a smart idea and I think a lot of people thought it was. Um, but I think when you're young, you're like, I'm going to do this for like a year or so and then go and try and work and mm. all of that kind so of why things. why did you stop it then? What was, the, what was the reason for like, like not doing that? I think it was just, um, 
patience, man. I think, mm. and I think there's this um, kind of like glass ceiling mindset. Yeah. So obviously in uni, it's it's great and it's doing some more. Like, but in your head, you're like, you want it to be like everywhere kind of thing. Mm. But then you don't have the resources to obviously make it everywhere. So for me, I'm like, can I do this by myself? Um, and I had a business partner as well, who was a, a woman who helped in terms, because obviously I don't know all about these things. Like she mm. obviously helped in that thing. But I think that the glass ceiling mentality, like this is how much we can go. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like, do I want to do this forever? And it being all right, or do I want to do something? Can it obviously be amazing? Um, in hindsight, now, like you know, I should have stick to it if I did it from then and what it could be now. But obviously, God has put me on on different paths yeah. um, to now. And yeah. obviously, I think even just as a, and obviously we're still facing it now, even as a black entrepreneur. Like, how do you or where do you even go? Like, I didn't have the the knowledge or wisdom to t even talk about like investment, like. What's a, a seed round or a pre-seed round or friends and family round? Yeah, like yeah. I had no idea what that is at that age. It's only like recently where I've obviously got to know all of these kind of like terminologies and these what happens. And I think it is unfortunate that um, coming from like a black household, we don't know about these things. And obviously there's other like ethnicities that probably do know about it and they're getting funded like quickly. But I'm, I'm happy that I feel like the next generation of kids mm. Um, one obviously I feel like there's an affluent um, black community um, so doing like friends and family rounds or someone say like I can go to like if my son or daughter was coming with an idea and they were like oh dad I want to raise like a friends and family round I can go you know what I'm going to put the first money in mm. and then I've got my friends that will put money in yeah. because they trust me of what I've done and they trust you because of that and getting like the first like 100 150k is massive for like for a new business and it's true. Yeah. for them to go out into the market and try and find that money would be like very, very, very difficult. But if yeah. they can go, you know what, my dad's putting the first money in and he's got friends who can put like 10K, 15K into that business, mm -hmm. then, it, then it helps our community. So I feel in the next few like years, they're gonna, we're gonna see a lot of like black founders raising their friends and family around, mm -hmm. which is obviously that, that, um, that, just the beginning part of like getting your like idea and get product market fit um, right until you like get that right. Then you can go to the pre-seed rounds. And then when you're going pre-seed round and going to other investors or external investors, then you can say, we've got we've got um, traction. We've obviously got product market fit because we've got customers that are yeah. using our product. And then it's an easier funding um, life cycle rather than try to go out from like scratch. And a lot of people ask me like, how do you raise money and stuff like that? And I told them it's not easy. Mm. It's actually not easy um, to do it. Um, but I think, like, as obviously as we grow that as, as a community and we have people in, like, uh, positions of power, I think it's going to be much, I don't want to say it, but, yeah, I think it will be easier Yeah. Um, for the next generation of, like, black founders. Yeah, you know what? You're right, actually. It's definitely true that at uni, I mean, even people talking about starting a business was definitely not really a thing. I think most people <laughs> no. were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go and get yeah. jobs, right?" So there's no way investing. I don't even. I don't. Even, I don't think I even knew it was a concept. Oh, at me too. Uni. I yeah. don't think I knew it was a concept. If I'm being brutally honest, I don't think I knew it was a, a concept. So you're right. I think there's definitely a bit of a lack of advantage. I was gonna ask you, like, you know, obviously growing up in like, you know, New Cross, yeah. And, you know, then going to uni, I guess, how did you kind of make sure you kept your focus? Because I feel like when I was like going back to ends, mm. 
at times. I, I, like I said, I grew up in South East London <laughs> as well. You know, it's a bit. It can be a bit distracting <laughs> sometimes. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. a, almost a different world. Yeah, like you're yeah, uni, yeah. people are a certain way. You like you meet wealthy people. Yeah, you meet yeah. people from all around the UK. You meet people from yeah, other countries, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I guess how did you find that? It's a very interesting world because like, you're. I'm right where it's like it's two different worlds. Um, and you got friends and I feel sometimes you feel like you don't want to feel like you're leaving them behind. Yeah. But you can start, you can start to feel that. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I kept um, like relations like with my, with my friends. So I didn't want to feel like I'm leaving them behind doing that. Yeah. But I knew from the jump, like what my goal was. And I think my parents, regardless of how strict they were, they were very, very um, clear to me in terms of like, this is a great opportunity for you. Um, don't like allow like your environment to like mess it up mess it up for you and I think for me luckily I had the mindset that I was like you're right to be honest I don't want to be in a situation where I don't like leave where I am and I think one of the good things that my parents done for me is that they allowed me to travel very early okay. um, because sometimes when you're from a certain area and that's all you see, that's all you think that's in the world. Like a lot of people who might be in that space might think like London, mm. not even the South London, but London is my like thing. And then when you go to another country, you're like, wait, what? Like people live differently here. Mm. The culture's different. The food is different. Mm -hmm. And it definitely spurned my love for like traveling. So yeah. I like to travel. Like I love like going to new countries and experiencing their cultures mm. Um, and just because it just opens my eyes to like the world is bigger than yeah. my 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 environment. So I think it was that just to, I wanted to obviously make something of myself. I was very ambitious from very, very young. Mm. Um, so I didn't want to just be stuck in an environment that I feel wasn't conducive to to where I wanted to go. So yeah, I was like firm on, on that. And to the point where I didn't go back home loads Mm. Um, because I didn't want to obviously be dragged into yeah. whatever nonsense I could have been dragged into. Yeah, um, that's the thing, so, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And being the oldest yeah. as well, I think like, I wanted to set like a good example for yeah. my my um, siblings. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely understand that. Here, that I think it's like it's crazy because it's it seems like your parents instilled a lot of values <laughs> yeah. within you. Like, you know, obviously, tell, letting you know is a good opportunity. Like you said, traveling mm. to know that the world is a bit of a bigger, yeah, bigger place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, the thing is, I think my love for traveling comes from my parents because yeah. my parents travel a lot. Yeah, so I think, and they obviously we traveled a lot. Yeah, they traveled yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where it kind of comes. Like yeah, you said, yeah. like opens your mind to thinking actually. <laughs> there's people, there's yeah, people living yeah, yeah, good yeah, out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I respect them so much yeah. because to. To take a family to um, to fly a family or go on holiday with family, it's a lot of money. It's expensive. Yeah, and the guys they weren't they're not rich. They wasn't rich mm. um, by any doubt, um, but they knew the importance. I, I just felt mm. obviously didn't say it, but I just felt they knew the importance of us doing that. Yeah, they knew that to come out of the environment would be beneficial for us. And like I said, that's that's so, some of the things that they did. That I was like, you know, I commend them from yeah doing that. To be honest, um, I even commend them for coming to to the UK because I remember I went back to Nigeria when I was burying my grandma mm. at the time and we actually went to the village and I had just a, a moment where I just like stopped and just stared at the village and I was like if my parents didn't decide to go to the UK all the kids like running around and stuff like that or the adults that I saw that could have been me that could have been yeah because it's only my my mum's sister who came 
as well to the UK. And none of my dad's family came to mm. the to the UK. Um, it was just only them, well, my mum and my dad and her sister came to the UK. And if they were just like, similar to like, if they were just stuck in a van or someone said, oh, like, why are you going to go to UK? Like, yeah. you've got a cushy life here or you've got a nice life here. Like, you can go up the ladder in Nigeria and do your thing, whatever. They were like, no, let me go into a new environment and let me make something for myself. Like, no qualifications at the time because my mum and my dad came here and obviously um, did uni here. Um, nothing to their name really and truly, just hustled their way into into the UK and tried to make a environment that we could we could thrive to. And I think they've done a, mm. a great job at, at doing that. Um, and I think taking that from them as like, they came, imagine going, imagine coming to another country, like obviously it might be easy now, imagine coming to another country, you have really nothing. You're going to another country that you don't know. Mm. That is cold. Coming from Nigeria, it's hot. You enjoy life. <laughs> you come to this, it's cold. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah. And plus all the racial yeah. things that happening at the time as well. Doing like low level jobs. Yeah. But in your head thinking, you know what? I'm going to try and make a better life for my for my kids. Mm. Like having that mentality, like I can only be in awe of them yeah. because even I've done a lot and I've seen like the the hardships of life. Like I can't even imagine what they, they went through. And mm. You know, sometimes where you want to enjoy or your parents are like, oh, go read your book or they want you to be a certain, have a certain career. Before I didn't get it and I was like obnoxious to like, I want to do it, I want to do it. And obviously they want, my mum's a nurse um, and she wanted me to be like a surgeon. It's never going to happen at all. Um, but um, I understand why she wants to do that because mm. you have to think, they essentially sacrificed their life and their dream, mm. remember their dream, to come here to make sure that you can have like a good life. Yeah. And when you think about they sacrifice their dream, because you have to remember, sometimes you have to, un you have to remember that our parents are people. Mm. They have, they have dreams, they have ambition, but they said, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice my dream and my ambition to make sure that my kids have a, a good life. And yeah. I can only commend it because now I'm like, imagine I had to sacrifice my dream, like yeah. the idea I had and, and do that. It would be very hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be hard. Yeah. So for them to do that, I'm like, like, yeah. I have so much and I think that's why they were strict on me in terms of like they wanted to make sure that I did this and did that and I think that's why one of my proudest moments is like doing the vote of thanks speech because yeah. looking at them and seeing them and like for them obviously graduating is probably yeah. one of the biggest achievements I can oh, do oh it's a massive achievement <laughs> even if I do uh, everything else and what I've done that yeah that, that that and then seeing that I think like it was really like a great moment to see that they were proud and I can see in, in their eyes they were like you know what all the, the, hard, the hard work or working two jobs was actually worth it to to see this to see this moment. So exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I wanted to talk about um, you know. So you went to Viacom, right? Yes. Which is a media conglomerate. Yeah. From what I was re reading, yeah. how did you how did you end up getting there? You know, studying international business and law. Like, how did you end up in like a big? So um, so for me um. I'm like, I'm someone who's like, when I go into the job market, I wanted to have like enough skills and qualifications um, that people couldn't ignore me. And because my dad said from an early, like from an early age, and he drew this in us, in me and my my siblings, that as a black person, you have to work twice as hard. Mm. And again, like I said, from the, the mentality of that, I, I like to think like, how do I get to my goal as quick as possible? The working hard is an element to it. But like, for me, I always think of the other, but like, even like when, like it all comes down to negotiation at the end of the day, because you're always selling something. And I always think about like, okay, cool. 
whoever's at the end of the uh, other end of the table or on the uh, or the other end of the phone like what what would they feel or what would they want to see so as an employer i'd be like okay well, if i was an employer and they wanted to employ me they have to see certain things in me qualifications or experience um and one of the qualifications i did was a qualification or a master's in entertainment law okay and not everyone has like entertainment law because it's like a specialist type of law that you that you did but i love contracts obviously i love negotiation so it fit it fitted um quite nicely um and i applied for for the role and i think because i was like obviously used to play football and i talked about like um how i supported man united actually mm-hmm. um and the power of like brand and the reason I supported Bayonai because I remember there was a commercial with Ryan Giggs. It was like a WhatsApp commercial or something like that. And all I remember is how amazing he was. I didn't know who the club was at the time because I was young, but I just really liked this player. And I was like, who is this player? And from that, that's why I supported Man United, even though they're doing the best now. <laughs> Hopefully, God willing, they 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 do better. Might come back. Yeah. And I talked about like why I fell in love with like branding and how mm. branding influences um buyer behavior or yeah. buyer um actions. Um and I explained that and I talked about my entertainment law um thing. Because sometimes when you send a CV, you'll just send all my qualifications, stuff mm. like that. But then when you use your education or your experience mm. to explain why you'll be good for a job, yeah, then the person will read and go, this guy's amazing like mm. he gets he gets it or he will bring a lot of value to what we're, mm. we're doing so I worked there and it wasn't a brilliant experience like coming from uni and working in a big like mtv to to work at like your like your mm. first job like yeah that's like people's dreams yeah. and mtv was amazing like learned a lot it was a lot of fun saw celebrities like it was it was actually a sick like opportunity and i think like the group of friends that i made there like even some of them i'm still speak to now like it was it was great like yeah. i learned a lot um i gained a lot i learned especially like working in a big corporate environment i was never going to work in a bank because a lot of my friends work in like banks and all of that kind of things and for me i was never like a a suit person would like okay. to say so yeah. wearing suits all that kind of thing i was like more of the the casual kind of thing and i just i couldn't see myself working in the bank it wasn't mm. it wasn't going to be for me um, it was, it was always going to be like a media or entertainment some mm. some form and then obviously mtv yeah came up and then yeah yeah so what were you doing i guess at viacom at the time so i um worked in a couple of departments but the main the one where i left was um i worked at a company i can't oh, sorry i worked at a department called consumer products okay okay and it's so funny because it's pro- it's a proper free circle yeah, um, 360 now, yeah. now basically yeah. essentially what consumer products is obviously viacom has a lot of ips um and one of the big um entities it has is nickelodeon and nickelodeon has great ip like it has spongebob squarepants it has power rangers yeah. teenage mutant ninja turtles okay, so all the shows you're all watching, of the shows that you're watching part of that, yeah that all of that. and you realize yeah. a lot of money is made from the products yeah you think a lot is from the money but when you look at the product so there was like plush toys plates bags pencil oh, cases God. all of those kind of things so essentially my role was to obviously help in terms of the brand and policing and all of that kind of things and it was a great like brand building like opportunity because i got to see how people build brands um, not only in the UK but in other entities because mm. I worked in a global team so got to work with people from all over the the world and doing deals on on that front and making sure that partners were using our brand guidelines mm. and stuff like that and I think that's why I say God is a is a is a, is a craftsman mm. um, because the way he put me in that role and helped me learn about like product brand guidelines yeah. branding at that early age 
to obviously use into what I'm doing now is like, and I remember I was just, I didn't even clock it. I was just one day, I was just thinking about like my life. And then it all came, I was like, wait, God, you're, <laughs> you're something because to do all of that is is crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Um, So yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's mad. That yeah. is, that is mad. And you've done it at such, it's such a niche thing. Yeah. For like someone that graduated from uni. Yeah. Most people don't do something that niche, like you say, yeah, okay, people go into like the normal careers like lawyer, accountancy, yeah. you know, tech nowadays and, you know, other fields, yeah. very defined role. But it's not often that somebody say, yeah, I'm going into the entertainment industry and I'm going to start looking at like branding, yeah, you know, pro- concepts yeah. like that and products and stuff like that. It's very, very niche. That's Yeah, it's very like... Wow. To be honest, I was the only person I knew who did it. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't... Yeah, it's not, it's not someone... Yeah, yeah. So, but... At the time, I was like, I love it. And I just didn't realise, like, how beneficial it would be for, like, now. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. So then I read that you then went to HIT Entertainment. Yeah. Is that, like, I don't know much about HIT myself. Yeah. Uh, is it a very similar type of... Yeah, it's a very similar type of yeah, um, role. Mom. But I think the good thing about me working at HIT was it was my first role that I was um, involved in, like, acquisition. So at the time, HIT okay. was getting acquired by Mattel. Okay. Mattel was the big, big um, toy company. Are they the ones that do... They do Barbies? They do Barbie. Yeah, yeah they do, okay. like, multi-billion yeah. company. And obviously learning that in terms of, like, acquisition, how to integrate a team into that's like a big business all of that kind of thing so it's that's like why when I'm, yeah <laughs> like so when i think about like my life and my career um i just see how god was shaping me mm. to learn different things uh, that will help me like now um and sometimes i just like some jobs like some days you'll be like god why am i in, why am i doing this like <laughs> it's true like you have yeah. why am i doing this but now yeah. i'm like okay i get it that's, I see you. That's amazing. You, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So, I, what I read was that you grew the consumer department revenue dramatically. Do you remember how much you grew it from to from to to what? From X to Y? You remember? I know it's probably remember a, the, while, the, while the number the number specifically, but it was it was a huge amount. So it was like seven figures to like eight figures. Really? Yeah. So it was. But it was, it wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't just only me. Yeah. Um, but it was obviously the whole team. But. I think it was just like realizing the value of a IP yeah. and figuring out the best way to monetize it. Okay. Um, or think of like creative ways to monetize yeah. it. Um, and that's why I moved on to my next role where I worked at a sports agency, mm. um, essentially working with athletes and building their commercial businesses. Mm. Uh, and just thinking of different ways to monetize essentially their brand. Mm. Um, so yeah, worked in like, essentially my career has been working with, personalities or ip i'm figuring out the best way to monetize it yeah to be honest so okay. yeah yeah so everyone thinks like oh you went into media you went into music you went into sports yeah. you went into entertainment um but there's obviously a theme in terms of everything i do and to be honest if i'm being really really honest when i was at mtv essentially what i'm doing now is some is roughly what I wanted to do back then. Okay. Obviously, things have changed a little bit, but um, I wanted to create like a <clears throat> like a entertainment like VC kind of thing, mm. working with celebrities to <clears throat> so monetize like their IP and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, to see what I'm doing now is amazing, and I feel it was good. And 
the way I've obviously like I've been very strategic in terms of like what industry I go into is because I wanted to obviously build relationship in those different industries so that when I am where I am now, I have like a lot of like contacts. So it's not a thing where I am chasing, oh, like how do I get to this person or that person? Yeah. Like my contact list is quite good that I can reach any really much, really pretty much like anyone in the UK. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's pretty crazy. much anyone in the UK. And then in the US, I've got a good like contact base as well, yeah. which is which is great because obviously, like I said, when you're pitching your company to people, yeah. um, it's good that there might be like a warm intro or warm mm. leader ready or there's a connection yeah, there already, yeah, pretty, rather yeah. than it being cold and no one knows who you are yeah even, so yeah okay that's crazy yeah yeah because obviously you've worked in a lot of places right? obviously <laughs> yeah. you said viacom i saw warner music you said yeah. mtv nickelodeon and obviously with like you know like celebrities mm. so i guess my question is right obviously <laughs> <laughs> you were in you were in you're doing well in your career yeah so and I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people also like, why risk it? Why do you, why did you risk? I guess the safety of a job to be like, you know, what well, I'm gonna start a business. Do you know what? It's like I, I've always had the entrepreneurial um, spirit within, and I feel like, so I don't know if they're watching or not. I always had like a side hustle. Okay. Like even when I had like the full time job, I was always trying to okay. figure out something out. Like I've had. Like I've had so many different types of businesses that have some worked, some failed, but it was a good like um, learning curve for me to to go through all the failures of all those like businesses I I tried to create, and I feel like for me at the time when I was um, leaving a sports agency, I made a uh, a decent amount of money. It was like, do I want to stay in what I'm doing, or do I want to like give it a go because I heard someone say something and I was like, that really changed like my perception of life. Like if you're 80 and and you're about to die and someone said, did you live a good life or did you have a fulfilled life? Mm. You don't want to go back and say, you know what, when I was 21 or 22 or 23, I had an opportunity to start my business, but I was so scared. I wanted to have, mm. to just go safety. And for me, I don't, I don't, now if I'm in that position, I can't say that. I was like, I've I'm a full risk taker, so I can take the risk. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then obviously you learn from it and you and you go again. Obviously, as you get older, that kind of risk um, tolerance reduces a lot because obviously you have got like more responsibilities mm. and stuff like that. But that's why I wanted to do it like at a young age that I mess up, learn a lot, so that when I get older, I'm not making the same mistakes yeah. that I did back then. Obviously, you still make mistakes, however old you are, mm. but that mistakes. The type of mistakes you make, obviously, are are different. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I respect it. I respect it. So I read <laughs> also that you exited a few businesses. Mm -hmm. What was the first business that you exited? So um, the first one was yeah. uh, a business. It was a stock music business. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know stock music. music. So basically, no. stock music is essentially um, you know when you hear like um, music on like youtube or instagram or whatever mm. where it's not really like music you you, you play on spotify enough. it's just like a background music. background music whatever um basically i worked with someone to create a platform where people can use a, a license free uh music on their like youtube or any content they created um or even like movie studios and stuff like that. a lot of music mm. studios use it um and 
it was it was a great business. Um, it was a great business. It was like recurring, but what happened is like, like again, like glass ceiling, and um, I think again as a black person, as a black like founder at that mm -hmm. time, is like you're doing well, and you're scaling. Someone offers you something, and you're like, this is actually a good deal. <laughs> This is actually a good deal. And you're like, you're like in that moment where you're like, yeah. And obviously it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm not gonna say it was like a huge amount of money. Mm. It was a decent amount of money. But you're like, raw, like I've created something from scratch, basically. Yeah. And obviously now someone's put real value in it. And what like, is it still alive today? Yeah, it's still alive today, still alive today. But it's gone through like I wanted to actually buy it back, to be honest. This um, yeah, I wanted to buy it back. It's not Pixabay, is it? Huh? No, 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 not Pixabay. Pixabay. No, okay, no, no, no. Okay. I wanted to buy it back because I think I know how to like the person is, who 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 has it now because it's gone, it's gone. It went to someone and they sold it to another company. Okay. What like uh, immediately or? No, I think no. it was like a couple of years and stuff okay. like that. Okay. Um, and what happens sometimes is that everyone has an idea of what they want. They can add value to the business for it mm. to like grow. Okay. But what happens is they have obviously their. Um, ideal strategy it doesn't really work and then it has I mean it maintains like a baseline of income mm. uh, of uh, monthly uh, recurring revenue and most people they want to try and grow that but mm. they try strategies but it doesn't work obviously now in terms of like there's more content creators there's more videos and stuff like that um, and obviously I think in terms of my contact list and I'm probably a better business person than I was before I feel I know the best way to unlock some of the value I feel is missing in it. Okay. Um, so yeah, hopefully, okay. hopefully I'm, I'm in discussions now, so we never Are know. Are you? Yeah. I was going to ask yeah, you if yeah, you're allowed to tell yeah, us how much yeah. you sold from, yeah, if you're in discussions, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's probably private. Yeah, yeah. Oh my um, God. But it's not something like, it's not, I'm in a space where mm. focus is important. Yeah. So if, if I was to do it, it wouldn't be something I would run. Um, I don't Somebody even have the time have or, or headspace to, to, okay. to run it at all. Um, and like I said, my focus is obviously making sure that CCV does all mm. amazingly and all the brands do amazingly. Mm. But like I said, you have like the strategy. Yeah. You give it to someone who you feel is amazing can do it. And then you obviously leave them to do it. And I'm so big, like, I think now as I've, I'm not like old, old, but I realise the power of people. I know we were talking about it before, but for me in terms of like the the success or failure of most businesses comes down to the people. Yeah. Um, and if you're able to empower people to align with your vision um, and compensate them in a way that they can be aligned to it and incentivized by it, then I think you've got a you've got a, a business that can do well. And that's like I think for me with that one, it would be obviously bring someone in to operate it, mm. um, obviously give them a strategy, and then obviously touch base with them like whenever I need to obviously help them and on that thing, and obviously give them incentives to obviously want to do well, like yeah. Don't be greedy and say, oh, I want 100% of this. And the person's there thinking I'm doing all the work and being yeah. like, oh, yeah. Because people, like, I've realized people innately, people might say I'm wrong about this. I'll just say majority then. I think a lot of people innately are selfish. In 100%. They're own for their own selfish thing. So 100%. as a person, you have to understand that. And you have to understand, like, what are the um, scenarios where someone can backstab me or what like that or or be begruntled or being unhappy in their in their position so for me it's like okay cool if i can remove that um in the best way i can then hopefully they'll be able to feel like one obviously they feel like it's their business as well and then two obviously they're going to do their best to make sure it does it does well yeah so yeah
Okay, cool. All right. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Good luck in the negotiations. Yeah, thank and you. And then um, you did a second business, which yes. was a label yes. that you co-founded yep. called Black Diamond, uh, yep. I think in about 2017. Yeah. It was an imprint of Warner Music UK. Yeah, I guess what I guess what was the motivation? Because that's like a different business. That's different to your mm. your, your job, mm. the, the job that you were doing, and it's different to your first business. Although, mm. kind of, I know it's background music and other types of you know music, but it's slightly different. Record, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah, it's, right? def- it's yeah. definitely different. But <laughs> it's different. But again, like the thought process behind it is somewhat similar mm. because essentially you're monetizing someone's IP. Yeah. Someone creates music, you're monetizing the IP. Mm. And that's how I think, obviously it's weird and no, artists it's the truth, are, artists, it's artists truth, are artists, right? they're not, they're not products and stuff like that. But in terms of like my, when I, when I think about things, obviously mm. I feel like I know how to monetize IP in different shapes and forms. And obviously music's another vertical and channel to, to do that. And, when we started, we didn't have Warner Music from the beginning. So I don't feel, I don't want everyone to think that, oh, we started a business and then Warner was our label. But yeah, essentially, again, you have to think about, like, look at the, the market. Um, and everyone knows this, labels don't do artist development. And I think everyone used to complain, oh, labels don't do artist development. Mm. But then when you're in the label, you understand why they don't. They're not great at doing artist development. Their job is not to build something from scratch and mm. then build them to big. They used to do that before. Yeah. Uh, when obviously they were making like huge amounts of money and CDs and all of that was, was it? And you would buy like an album for like 10 pounds and 15, no, even more. Like, yeah, 10, 15 pounds. Um, and they're making a lot of money. It made sense for them to, because the risk, the risk profile to do that, the risk reward profile is actually, actually mm. sick. Because if you get, if you sign a hundred people and you get 10 of them doing really well, that 10 will outpay all the money you've paid for that 100, 100 yeah. artists. But now, obviously, when iTunes came and Spotify came, the risk profile was different. Like, they couldn't do that because their thing was like, let this let this um, artist build traction and then we'll invest our money. Because we know how to, when the, the artist has got like fires or like little fires, we know how to like take that into like a big burning like furnace kind of thing. But if there's nothing, we're not good at that. Mm. We're not set up to to do that. Um, and some people feel aggrieved by that, but I, I understand it's like now, like on a business, it was a business and you was fundraising. Some VCs won't come to you when you've just started an idea. Mm. They'll like work the idea a little bit out, figure it out a little bit because you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be like, you're going to try and, for a musician, you're, still, you're going to try and find your audience and what your story is. For a business, you're going to find like product market fit. Mm. Um, do that kind of thing. And you might get money from like, for artists like investors or you, from a, um, a business like um, family and friends we were talking about before do that and then once you've got traction as a VC we can come in and help you turn it into like from like 1 million um, annual revenue to like 50 million annual revenue because we know how to do it we have the right contacts we we know our our skill sets and the same with a label like from the start Mm. I can't I can't help you that but once you've got traction once you're getting like a certain number of plays then I can go you know what I can get you into this show. I can get you into radio. Mm. I can put you on this playlist. I can do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's what that's what my thinking, and that's obviously why we started. We were our, our goal was to invest in the artists at early stage, at that earlier stage, build the infrastructure out of them, and then obviously partner with a label to to upstream it. Mm. Obviously, we did that, and lucky enough, we were offered label deals from like Universal and then Warner as well. And obviously, we decided to go with Warner. 
um, at the time, and then we, yeah, we were there for three years, mm. three years, which was okay. which was which was fun. Yeah, it was it was very it was interesting because obviously, even though I've worked in corporate, it's like you've got your own business, startup, and uh, like everything's nimble. You can make decisions. Like me and my business partner, we can be talking and we make a decision and we do that decision. Mm. When you've got a corporate company, like essentially like imprint or like your mother or mothership or whatever like that kind of thing you have to go through them about certain things okay and there's a lot of this red tape and stuff that yeah. you have to go through which i understand because obviously they're a big organization so yeah. there's different procedures they go through but yeah. from a startup you're like i don't need all of this bureaucracy and mm, all of that kind of thing which obviously stifles you sometimes um and then yeah but like i said i i learned a lot i think every position i've been i've learned a lot that's helped me mm. in what i do okay do now that's mad. um so yeah so yeah, I, I read that you had the artist Mulali. Do you have any other artists that you were yeah, there was, at that time? There was, there was a couple of artists and I think it was more like single deals that we okay. used to do kind of thing. Because for us, it was like, at the time, Spotify was emerging and okay. singles were like a big thing around that and getting on certain like playlists and stuff like that were okay we're huge um so being able to like get your artist or yeah. track on like mm. certain playlists was like huge because we would get like, even for Mulali at the time, we were doing tracks where we were getting like millions of plays in like two weeks. Really? Yeah, and oh, wow. obviously back then, that wasn't happening. Like yeah. labels were still trying to figure out how to yeah. to to do Spotify. So we luckily found a way to 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 understand it and to to leverage it. And yeah, we did we did we did well with with that yeah. one. To be honest. Yeah, and then that was another one you exited. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second one yeah. they exited. Mad. I guess, I guess, why? Why did you decide? Okay, I'm out again. Uh, this is um, the business I'm done with. I think with me, it is. It was two things. Um, one thing, one big thing, and this was just before my brother died. Um, but I think my brother's death um, really, really um, amplified this message to me, which was death. Obviously, is real, and what do I want to be known as? My my and being known as someone who owned a label with Warner is not it's not really great. And I think the ego in me would be like, yeah, like you own like I'm not gonna lie, when we signed our deal, everyone congratulating you, I'm so proud of you, all of that kind of thing. Like it really boosts your ego and I think sometimes it like distorts your uh view of the world kind of thing. And I understand why some people who might get money or fame or success very early on, sometimes turn out the way they turn because it really distorts your like view on the world kind of thing. And obviously as you go through through life, I felt like for me the goal was not to just be known as a, a label owner. Okay. Um, it was to be is to be more than that. And I think after my brother's death, it really hit home in terms of like what impact am I making? Like if I die tomorrow, if tomorrow's my last day, like, would I, can I say that I've had, I've impacted people's lives in the way that I want to impact people's lives? Mm. And at that time, I could say no. Okay. Like, being like, wholeheartedly, I could say no. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was that kind of moment that made me obviously think about, like, CCV, the company now that mm. I, I run. Okay, so that um, was the motivation behind Yeah, it was a big motivation, I think, Creative Controls Ventures, because yeah. my thing was, like, I wanted to make impact in a way that, I felt like I can do best, mm -hmm. which is obviously monetizing the IP. Yeah. 
Um, but obviously the natural or the natural way to do that is is not going to do that. And yeah. I think what was great about about it, I think, or what the Kaching moment was, was when I saw obviously Rihanna with LVMH, yeah. and Fenty. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about that deal is that, or that that venture is that, obviously LVM. Obviously, I don't know how it worked out, but. Mm. Rihanna worked with LVMH um, or their um, incubator called Kendu, and they created a product that served an audience that wasn't really served by those those makeup brands before. Yeah. Um, so she got a niche, and obviously she had the infrastructure of LVMH to help like take it globally. But the bigger thing was that when I heard about when women were using it. And how like amazing it was to have Fenty, and how amazing it was to find like a foundation in your skin tone. Like you really saw the impact because people were saying like, now I've got this, I don't have to like mix tones. I feel more confident. I feel more bold. And you're and you're seeing how a product, you can just see a product can actually transform someone's view of how they feel themselves. Yeah. And that's really really impactful. And for me, I was like, wow, product is actually impactful. I think sometimes on a service level, we see product as oh, this is a utility thing. So this serves a purpose. Do this. But then there's some products that actually serve more than just the utility of itself. Like, for example, makeup, you want to look nice, whatever. But the impact it has on that person is so transformational. Like, I feel more beautiful. I can walk into, like, clubs and I feel like I'm the Queen Bee or, yeah, whatever, like that kind of thing. And that was powerful. And for, for me, the goal was to then create a business where, again, we work with celebrities that create products that enrich the lives of consumers. And that's our, our goal. And that I feel that's our, our guiding light when, when we choose what products we want to work with. Like there's been some products that like huge celebrities have come to us and say, can you help me do this? And we're like, you know what? It doesn't fit in terms of like this framework of what we want to do because we don't want to create a product that is damaging um, to, to someone's life. So there's certain product categories that we, we will stay away from. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that you, you you know you're talking about something and and I I read it somewhere. I think it was either in a news article about you or you've done a website. lot of reading. I like it. I've done a lot. Yeah, I, done, I always do a lot. Yeah. I've got, you know, and I feel like that's my way to say yeah. that I respect who I'm bringing on. Right. Thank you. But um, you know, where you're talking about impact over profits, and that's. That's it. That's, yeah, that's what you're talking yeah. about right there. Where you're saying you're turning down celebrity. A lot of people wouldn't, you know. A lot of people would be like, yeah, I'll take your one mil. Yeah. I'll take your 10 mil. I'm going to yeah. develop it. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I've been seeing this a lot nowadays, right? It feels like, oh, I'm going to just say, it feels like people do anything for money. And absolute anything yeah. and everything yeah. for yeah. money. That's become the target. How much money can I get? It's like, some people no longer have morals anymore, no kind of standards, yeah. no yeah. kind of, you know, I will never, there's a certain, there's there's no amount of, there's certain things, there's no amount of money, it doesn't matter how much you give me mm. a billion, I'm not, not doing yeah. it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, but the thing I, don't is, think, I don't know why. Do you know what it is that. that I've, I think I'm fortunate of, <laughs> yeah. that's happened to me is that, if you like, okay, yeah, the, I think the thing that's fortunate about me is that, like I can make so much more money mm. if I wanted to. Um, and if I wanted to go into like certain things and sometimes you do think like oh if I did that I would it but I think I'm at a stage where I'm comfortable when it comes to like my finances and stuff like that mm. so I'm not like rushing to make money all that kind of thing and I'm at a thing where I'm a place where if the money um, 
goes against like my values, I wouldn't do it. Because for me, the byproduct of success, whatever you do, money will come. If you do something bad, if you do something great, money will come. And I'd rather go on the side where it's more on the better side than go on the other side. Because again, my brother's thing reminded me that we're all going to die. And do you want to make money from doing things that are like crazy or things that like, if you was to tell your mom, oh, mom, you know what? I'm doing this, that she will be like proud of you. Yeah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't it's not worth it. And even if I make 50% love, um, less of money that I could have made in my life at least I can say you know what it is what it is I did yeah. good in the world and like I said I left my my mark or my imprint um, on it and I didn't have to um, forgo my values to to, to do it to yeah. be honest yeah Honestly. but I think there's some people like and I I don't want to say I get I understand but there's some people like who probably aren't in the same like financial situations where mm. they have to figure out how to to make that money to be honest yeah. um so so yeah so that's why again I'm talking from a, a place of privilege in terms of like I don't have to do everything to to make to make money so I don't have to go like do things that are against my values to mm. to make money to be honest. but I commend the people that are in that situation but will still not do it mm. In, it's like they will do it like things the right the right way I commend yeah. them the the most to be honest yeah me yeah. too I, I think you know good luck to those people yeah. keep grinding keep yeah, grinding yeah, no keep because grinding, you know yeah. I feel like it's gonna hit different yeah, if yeah, you yeah. get to where you need yeah, to get yeah, to yeah. you can safely say look I did it without yeah, having yeah. to you know because I feel like sometimes when people do do that you know maybe let me not get too spiritual <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Sometimes there's a part of you missing. It can mm. if it, if it's that deep. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's something that you're really against, and you're like, and then you go against that, I think it can hit you different. Yeah, sometimes. definitely. Like you know even I mean? like, it can really. You're not gonna be happy. Yeah, with it, you like know? even like being in football and knowing some of the things that people do in football, you can t you can tell like you can tell from someone's like soul or someone's energy like, are they really really happy? Mm. And some of these guys are. Like when I was in that space, I met so many like rich people, like millionaires on on millionaires. But you can tell like when you speak to someone, um, like what their spirit is like and yeah. obviously not to get spiritual stuff like that, but I think I'm a good judge of like character when it comes to like people, like stuff like that. And you can tell some people are really like unhappy. Mm. Um, even though they've got like the yeah. cars or the houses and stuff like that. You can tell like there's something about them that they're not not happy with and I think it's got to do with kind of like that because I feel like you can like I said a byproduct of success I feel in business is you're going to get money mm. um, sometimes doing the right thing is, is hard um, and there's obviously moments in your life where you have to make that decision like do I do this or do I do that um, but if you're good at what you do and you're persistent um, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to make money, man. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't doubt that to be honest. So yeah, I love that message. So obviously, with Creative Control, yep. um, ventures. So you worked with and helped to grow some, you know, really top brands. So we, yeah. we talked about offline uh, sips, yeah, and then uh, Nala's baby skincare with yep. uh, Crepton, Sasha. Yep. I guess how do you help? Yeah. How do you help them? So I think the first thing down. is like conceptualizing what the idea is. I think some celebrities have an idea in their head. Like for example, Crypt had this idea in him in terms of like create, um, building Nala and creating Nala. Like he had it from like jump and he was like amazing to work with in terms of that because he had like a really like focused um, 
plan of what he wanted to do is obviously you just help elevate in terms of like finding the right manufacturer, finding, um, creating a brand for him. Um, what would operation look like? Go selling it into retail. All of those kind of like elements yeah. that you might not think about. We obviously helped in terms of in terms of that and helped like build a brand, like with him, get it into boots, come up with the branding with him, um, work with him on the product development, all of yeah. that kind of things. And then obviously other ones are like from like with H, like um, he was someone who used to drink like fizzy drinks and energy drinks a lot of the time. And um, he wanted to obviously, cause of like his hectic lifestyle, touring, doing other, like going to like uncle's being in studio, all of the kind of things. Um, he wanted to create something that was a little bit, or drink something that was a little bit more healthier. And it's crazy how much young people don't drink water. Like I was amazed. Swear down. Oh, like you don't realize. <laughs> a lot, when you ask I a lot of young people, me, I can't go a day without drinking water. Like, I, and the thing is like with me, I don't know why my body works like this, but I can tell when I'm dehydrated. Mm. Like, and I can't, and I'm not a big, I don't drink fizzy drinks at all. <laughs> I like juices, but I don't drink fizzy juice. But even if I have a day without water, I can feel it. Even if it's yeah. just juices, I can feel it. But yeah, young people don't like water as That's much as crazy. I thought they did. Yeah, because they hate, they think it's boring or the taste is not great. <laughs> they think it's boring. Ah, uh, like, yeah, the, some of the things when we did our research about it, and one of the things that we, we figured out is first that we had to create something that tastes nice. Mm. That's the first thing, like, Everything else we had to figure out, but mm. we had to do something that tastes nice. The second consideration is that we can't just create another fizzy drink that tastes nice, but has all the sugar that everything else has, mm. because what you're doing is just creating another product in the marketplace. And you're competing against people like Coke and Pepsi, like who've mm. got billions of dollars of of, of, of marketing dollars, um, or marketing spend, sorry, to obviously market and market their product uh, to this demographic. So then we said, okay, cool. We've got the taste, right? Now we need to make sure that it's like 0% sugar, which is obviously, it. we have to go through like different processes with our yeah. um, manufacturer to obviously do that. And then obviously it was zero calories as well. That was a huge port, uh, part of it. So you can drink sips um, and not feel guilty of drinking sips. Okay. It has the same great taste profiles as some of your favorite fizzy drinks. And we've done like um, Vox Box where we've gone out to like streets of London and mm -hmm. got people to do like blind tasting of okay. it. Yeah, and everyone always chooses sips. Oh, I'm not wow. being biased. Yeah, everyone always chooses sips, yeah. which is great for us Mad. to see. Um, but yeah, you're not having like, because one thing, yeah, that everyone usually says when they drink it is like, they drink it and you know when you've got a drink and you have to look at the ingredient and go, mm. wait, what's in this? Mm. And they go, wait, this is water. And I was like, yeah. It's like, no, there's no way this is water. Honestly, I'll get I'll get you I'll get you a, yeah. a box you'll drink it and you'll be like wait this, there's no way this is water that's crazy no way this is water but yeah it's water um, so yeah and that's coming out it was out we had a soft launch um, a couple of uh, a weeks a few weeks ago and then now it's going into retail um, on the 30th of Jan okay wow good luck with so, it yeah. thank you man so you did everything so you so you pretty much not even just somebody's come up to you with a, a, a product say look I need you tell me marketing mm. you're talking about the whole process yeah the whole process yeah, you know yeah. obviously coming up with the idea creating a product yeah. you know testing it and yeah. all that sort of stuff and then making sure it's good going through i guess is there regulations and all that yeah, some kind of some products well? there's um certain like testing that you have to yeah. do to make sure that it's safe for consumers to consume yeah. or use um so we do all of that man like well it's just not Great. me it's not me man it's me obviously and my team yeah you and your me team, and my team yeah. yeah who wow. are who are amazing at doing all of those kind of like different touch points and yeah yeah, I think I think for us, like we never just wanted to be like okay, because some people sometimes get confused with actually what we do, and they mm. think, oh, oh, do you do the branding? Do you mm. do just the marketing? And we're like, no, we 
worked with the celeb to come up with the idea or even to like uh, firm up what the idea is because one thing that we do a lot is the research like research is, is hugely important because mm. again there's no point just creating products and putting it into the marketplace and there's no USP or there's yeah. no need for it um, for me it's like every product needs to have a need or serve a, a demographic um, so yeah we look into that to that a lot um, and make sure we create a product that isn't already out there yeah. or there's a USP that we can really like hook onto yeah yeah it's important. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I guess how did these opportunities come up? Because, you know, Krebs is obviously a very mm. well-known rapper. H is also a yeah. very well-known rapper. So it's not just like anybody that can work with them and not just anybody that they can trust mm. to to deliver, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what they need. Yeah. I think it's like, one, our, our, our proposition is quite compelling. Okay. Um, we don't just say that we just help your brand. Like we help with like, pretty much like i said all of it and you have to understand like a lot of these people are still busy doing what they're doing so obviously crept and um h kept's obviously got other business and he's still a musician h is still a musician so he can't like for example h can't do like the day-to-day -day of running sips like there's no way we were to do it um because he's so busy and he's on tour and stuff like that so obviously he's entrusted us a team who know what we're doing like we've got we've got experts in our in our team this is not just we're just winging it we've got experts in our team who know how to create products brand products deliver products sell products into retail all of those kind of things and it's like for me it's a great thing because i'm working with you to build a business and obviously now i've essentially got operated to operate that mm. business um for me yeah. um so that proposition is quite compelling and the thing is like because some people come some people say oh like do you do like merch and for me like we have like a no merch zone because <laughs> no, merch yeah, zone. no merch zone because there's nothing wrong with merch because yeah. it's a big um revenue driver for like an artist business or uh an entertainer's business but for me i always look at like what is the value that the consumer's getting at the end of it yeah and for merch one of the big reasons that people buy merch is because i want to say for example, merch at a concert, I want to say that I was at that concert yeah. and this is my badge of fan fandom for this artist or whoever it is. So that's the value I get from that. When it comes to products, the value is actually, what does this product do for me? So yes, the celebrity is going to bring the, like, the initial hype and traction, but if the product's not good, they're going to use it once and that's it. I tried it because it's H product, but do I like it? No, so I'm not going to use it again. The beauty of things like Beats by Dre or Fenty or Kylie Cosmetics or Honest um, by Jessica Alba is that people love the product, so they're going to use it again. And that's where you can build like actual businesses. Okay. You can't build a business from just people using a product once. Um, you have you build a business by like your repeat customers and people talking about it and reviews and UGC content and all that kind of thing. And I think that's one thing that helped with like with Nala's is that the product was amazing. Because imagine yeah. we brought our products with Crypto and yes, everyone's like, hmm, interesting. Crypto's bringing out a, a baby product. Like that's the first thing everyone's going to be, and everyone will buy it because they're interested yeah. and intrigued about he's bought out something. Mm -hmm. But the business would have just lasted like three, six months. Yeah. But when you see like the UGC content that you see, or the reviews on Trustpilot, mm. or mums talking about uh, on their like mums group chat, yeah. or people talking like it's, it's helped this and helped that. That's the real power of of Nala's baby, and that's the real power that why people why people buy it. Um, and I think like even with sips now, 
like the type of content that we're going to be putting out now, you're going to see a lot of people like saying, oh, this tastes amazing, stuff like that. And that is the the intrigue that you're going to like, oh, actually, this product tastes amazing. Okay. Rather than drinking Coke every day, I'm going to drink sips every bit. And that's what you have to do is try and get these products to be like habitual or part of someone's like daily, daily life. I love the yeah. way you describe products. Like that. That's <laughs> yeah. so true. And you broke it down very quickly. You, you know, you wrote, you broke it down brilliantly as to why there's a lot of celebrities that just jump on bag wagons mm, yeah. on certain things and then it fails, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, a lot of celebrities that they sell perfumes, <laughs> are selling perfumes. Yeah. I've seen like, I'm not going to name some yeah. celebrities perfume going for 10, yeah. 15 pounds. So cheap because they can't, they probably want yeah, it at premium prices, yeah. but it's just that they just flogged it because of their name. They're yeah, not really yeah. interested in yeah. it being useful to their yeah. consumer. They're like, oh, I'm just going to put my name yeah. on a perfume. That's the next hot thing to do. Yeah, because some Crazy. of it, like you said, as a, as a, and I don't, I, I understand why managers do it because obviously yeah. as a manager, you're trying to build the revenue of your artist mm. kind of thing. So sometimes you'll do deals where it's like a licensing deal. I get a big yeah. upfront and then a percentage of sales. And celebrities, like they get a lot of things. Um, and they do a lot of things sometimes and sometimes you don't have the the headspace to obviously focus on what you're doing and that's why I love obviously he's not the he's done some madnesses um, but when you see Kanye when it, when it came to Yeezy yeah, mm. you could tell that this guy was in love with the product development of creating what Yeezy was obviously I, I, I'm not I don't condone what he's done some of the things he's done but in terms of like when you see someone who's like so obsessive about what each product looks like what each product mm. feels like it was always going to be a success and i feel when it comes to celebrity because there's a lot of celebrities that have there's a lot of people that said oh do yeah. celebrity businesses even work but then when you see like the um the obsessiveness that people have over their products you can see like for example obviously with beats by dre um jimmy ivy um, and dr dre like his thing was like i feel like when people listen on headphones they don't really get the studio quality yeah so he wanted to create a headphones that actually has studio studio quality and it was like a they did the branding on that like it yeah. was amazing like and i understand why apple do it because now and it's so crazy this this happens but if you used to go to like uh a co-working space or a cafe whatever if you see someone who hasn't got a macbook <laughs> you look at them differently <laughs> you're being honest uh for some reason you look like wait you're not part of the cool crowd or anything like that. And it's so crazy that Apple have done that. And I think with Beats, like Beats did a thing where everyone had a Beats headphone. Like mm. If you didn't have a Beats headphone, if you had something else, oh, I would yeah, be looking at you like differently. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. It's like the same, and it's smart what they do. The same like with trainers. Like if you had the crazy trainers, then everyone would be looking at you different. Like you're not a part of the cool crowd kind of thing. And Beats done that really well. Um, and then even like with Fenty, like again, like the women's that the women that use it and the type of product they're putting out. This wasn't a oh, Rihanna's going to be part of Fenty and the products were rubbish. Mm. Um, from what I've heard, I don't use Fenty, from what I've heard, a lot of women do love 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 Fenty. And even like with um, Skims as well, like with, with Kim, Kim Kardashian, a lot of people love that product. Yeah. I've even got um, my boys who who have bought the boxes now. <laughs> yeah. They, they've they're got doing, boxes? They've got boxes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or under underpants or something like oh, that. Oh, that's mad. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's mad, really. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but um, but yeah, because of the the positive reviews in terms of like Skims, it's yeah. done really well. And like Kim's has other businesses, but mm. it seems to be Skims is the one that really people she are. are yeah, she got a good on yeah, for that. Yeah. She got somebody yeah. that is like on point. Yeah, Emma Greed is, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah man. She's amazing. Like, she's, she's done Skims. She's done Good American. 
uh, with Chloe. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's someone that you can tell when it comes to products, she's like obsessed to make sure this product provides value to the consumer. Yeah. And that's what we're all about, like the product providing value to consumer. Like mm. how can we make sure our products provide more value? Like, that's one of my questions every day, like when I go into the office, like how can we make sure our product provides more value to yeah. our consumers? And that's not just the product. That could be like, the the way they buy the the products on the website like how do we make our user experience mm. better customer service how can we make sure that people are getting responses at a certain uh, um yeah. certain um time time frame all of those kind of things add to that whole experience of the pro um of the cons the consumer so and for me it's like making sure that the experience from them going to buy the product yeah them receiving the product them using the product the after um care of them using the product as well is really really important yeah I love yeah. that. I love that. I love that. How did you feel when, you know, obviously you heard that Nala's baby skincare sold out within 10 minutes of launching? That's that's crazy. It's crazy because I think internally we all knew it was going to do well. Yeah. Like, I think we all knew it was going to do well. But sometimes you're in this, like, um, you're in this, like, chamber or environment where you're like, it's all internal. Like, are we just gassing ourselves kind mm -hmm. of thing? But... Yeah, I think when we had the product and we saw the product, right, we all knew it was going to do well. We didn't know it was going to do that well. Um, and I think we were surprised in terms of like how it's how it's taken off, to be honest. But I'm so happy that people are genuinely happy uh, with the product. Like for me, that's the that's the big thing. If people were like, if the reviews were like really, really bad, I'd be like, oh, what do we put into this, into this world? Yeah. But like when you see like what it's done, like... It's changing. Yeah, I'm amazed sometimes where... I would just see like some of the like before and afters and see some of like the reviews and mm -hmm. the comments and stuff like that. And you're like, wow, like we're actually impacting like mm -hmm. people's lives like with this with this product. And yeah. again, it goes back to like why CCV was started is to impact mm -hmm. people's lives in a positive way. And we've done it with Nala's Baby and we're going to do it with Sips as well. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think Nala's Baby, I guess, was so successful in that? I think like I think one storytelling is a huge important and I think the authenticity of Crepton this wasn't like we didn't go to Crepton and say Crept here's Nala's baby promote it for us mm. we'll give you a bag that's what it no that wasn't the thing like this was something like this was a labour of love um, and Crept and Sasha had this problem from like they experienced this problem and they wanted to create a solution it's like any founders out there where you find a problem and you want to create a solution to it so I think authenticity was important about that so people believed it Two, it was distribution, making sure we had good distribution because we didn't yeah. just want it to be online. And then three, the product was good. Yeah. The product was good and the product spoke for itself and people spoke for the product. Like, we didn't have to do all the marketing. People yeah. are saying, no, nah, the baby's sick. No, nah, the baby's that. Like, I remember I went to um, one of my friend's friend's house um, and I went to the bathroom and I saw Nala's baby. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you got Nala's baby? And it was like, yeah, like, I love Nala's baby, like, and obviously they didn't know I was involved in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I was involved in it. And it was like, oh yeah, no, like it's amazing. Like I told everyone about it. Like all the mothers I know, I use it for myself. Yeah. Like it's like seeing that was like really like, you know what, we've created something great here. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I don't have a child yet. So <laughs> yeah. I haven't been able to experience it, but it's definitely something that I'm I'm looking forward to in the future. And uh yeah, no, it's uh it sounds like well, not sounds and numbers told us. Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been a yeah, it's, it's been a, well. a mad it's not uh, too impact. Bad, yeah, I guess like you know, in terms of like mistakes, right, mm. that people can avoid in terms of branding. I guess what lessons 
or I guess what rules should people follow, I guess, to avoid like any mistakes that could have an impact on on their brand. So they want to have a positive, mm. obviously, impact where they're, you know, obviously it increases their likelihood of, I guess, mm. business success. I think one thing you have to be is that you have to make sure that your brand is not offending anyone um, in some shape or form. Because I think sometimes people don't realise, like even your name of your your company, you have to make sure that what does it mean in other countries? Like, could it be offensive and stuff like that? So I think that's one thing, just making sure like it, it makes sense. I think the other thing is that uh, make sure that your brand has like a call out. Um, so for us, Bernardo's baby, it was 99% natural. For um, sips is like zero, zero percent sugar, zero calories. So that call out or that USP that someone can see, okay, cool. This is something I can use, and this is the USP um, behind it. Um, and then two, I think like just make sure that it stands out. Like there's a, there's a lot of branding that is boring, and what you see now when it comes to like all the big corps, they all go through like a um, a theme of branding. Like sometimes they'll be minimalistic. And you see all the brands like change their logos or their brand is being minimalistic kind of thing. But I think when you're nimble and um, you're on the pulse, you can create something that's really going to stand out and really going to talk to talk to your, your consumers. And I think you can trial things, I feel. I feel like trialing like the ABC testing or trialing things is something that I think people might not do um, as much. Um, and obviously looking at competitors and seeing what they're doing and going, you know what? Yeah. If I was to put my brand in this space, like how would it look in a crowded market? I think... For us, when we are doing branding, we always look at it like from a shelf point of view. If Nala's or Sips or any of our brands was on shelf, how would it look against all the competitors? Mm. And obviously we put it against the competitors and see like, does it really stand out? Because you have to also remember like consumer behavior. Like when they go in the supermarket, your first thing is like, I'm going to buy like my weekly shop. Mm. That's the first thing I'm going to weekly shop. So once they're buying a weekly shop, they have to go, wait, what's that? That looks interesting. And there's so many times I've done it personally. I'm a marketer's dream, to be honest, where I've just gone somewhere, I've seen it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And I might just purchase for intrigue. And then once I've got the intrigue in there and I use it and it and it really is good, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm hooked. So making sure that your branding stands out amongst the the crowd is important. And I think even even as, a, as an individual, I think that's important as well. And I think I did that when I was applying for like jobs when I got, Firecom is like make sure your brand stands out amongst the amongst the amongst the crowd. Yeah, love yeah, that. love those tips. Love those tips. And again, it seems like branding is becoming more and more important as more and more people get into business. Yeah, more and more products out yeah. there. And I love the call out one. I never actually really thought about that. Yeah, what's actually. your call out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. My thing is that, and I was like speaking to my friend um, about this as well um, in terms of like. When it comes to to brand and stuff like that, what is your brand promise yeah. to your consumer? Like, what are you telling them that if you buy my product, this is what I'm gonna do, and make sure your brand promise like you double down on it a lot in terms of like your marketing messaging, your packaging. That brand promise needs to stick out and say, this is what we do and this is what we're gonna do for you. Like I said, for sips in a way, obviously we're creating something that's flavorful amazing tasting but it doesn't have like sugar or the calories that you might might make you feel guilty for drinking yeah um and that's a call out the zero percent sugar zero percent calories is a call out to say this trace this, this drink and obviously it's colorful so this drink tastes amazing but doesn't have sugar and doesn't have mm. calories and you're gonna think oh okay cool that's that's that that's our brand promise to to yeah. our consumers love that so, yeah 
I guess what's it like working obviously with H and uh, H, sorry, and Crept? Do you feel like there's a pressure there? Do you have to obviously deliver because they're such obviously such oh yeah no no people. but I, don't, I think it's less about yeah. delivering for them like yeah. yes for obviously it's it's they're like huge people and amazing mm-hmm. people but I think it's like I said it all comes down to the consumer yeah. delivering to the consumer yeah. like if something happens like if a product someone doesn't like a product it's like okay cool, where do we go wrong or if a product is late for example yeah. it's like the pressure is like oh where do we go wrong or how can we minimize that happening next time that's I think where the pressure is because I think. I think Tim Amu actually said this quite well, is that mm. I think people shouldn't quit their jobs and become an entrepreneur because they don't want a boss. When you obviously start out, like all your bosses are like your cons- your customers. Yeah, so you have to make sure they're happy true. and stuff like that. Yeah, so true. I love that kind of like um, analogy. And it, it's true, it's like in the beginning, um, the pressure is to make sure that your consumers are happy because you sometimes people underestimate the value of word of mouth. Yeah. Like word of mouth is important, and I think, especially where there's so much brands coming out nowadays, like having a consumer having time to obviously research the brands important. So, and obviously it's part of like our marketing funnel. Like when you think about it, like the first thing you might get is you might see the brand somewhere. You go, oh, this is interesting. You see the ad or whatever, it's interesting. The next thing you're gonna do is if the ad doesn't show the evidence that it does something, yeah. The next thing you're gonna do is research. So you go on Google. Oh, let me check about this brand. Let me see the reviews. Trust Pilot, for example, you'll see, and you'll see if if it's like one, you're not buying that brand. Even <laughs> if the ad craves the the yeah. most amazing yeah. thing, and I've done that. Like, I've seen something that's amazing. I think, oh, this would be sick. Go on Trust Pilot, see it's one. I'm like, okay, forget. That's done. Um, or you might go on TikTok because TikTok's now the new Google, where you might see and people are bad reviews, this bad reviews, yeah. that. But if you go on, if you like see an ad. And you like the brand, you're like, oh, this is interesting. And you research it and it's got like 4.5 on Trustpilot. Yeah. Immediately you trust that brand. Yeah. That's because true. of the reviews. That is very Or you go on TikTok and you see everyone saying, this thing's amazing, this thing's amazing. Mm. Then you get that trust. And that's when people will, will buy it. So that word of mouth is so, so important. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's important to keep your brand promise to your consumers. And that's why, and that's why Amazon, I think they're one of the best when it comes to consumers. Like yeah. One, obviously, so easy to buy something. You get it next day, delivery. Like, now, if I get something in, like, five days, I'm complaining because I'm used to getting things next day. Mm. And then, two, if you want to return something, they make it so easy. Yeah. There's some brands, I won't say who their names are, that make returns so difficult. Yeah. But then, for me, it's like, you know what? I'm actually going to be cautious in terms of what I buy because if I don't like it, it's going to be a hassle return. Mm. And there's so many times, we've all probably done this where we're like, you know what, it's not even worth returning. Like, mm. I can't be bothered to go through the hassle of doing yeah. that. But Amazon where, for me, I will just buy, like sometimes you just buy loads of things. Like if we was to all go through our, how much you spend on Amazon, I think we would all go crazy. Um, <laughs> but but they make it so easy. Yeah, They make it so easy to buy stuff and make it so easy to return stuff. It's like, yeah, and I, I love that. Like, I know Jeff Bezos is so like um, honed in in terms of making sure the consumer experience is, is supported. And I think that's one thing I take like inspiration for in terms of like making sure consumer experience is is, is good. Yeah. Obviously, there's mistakes that we make, but obviously, we learn very quickly and um, yeah, amend them and ideate and all of that kind of things to make sure it's, it's better. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, yeah. thank you, David. You know what? This conversation been great. I definitely, have do, <laughs> I definitely have to do a part two because, like, I've got so many more areas and topics that I feel like I can discuss with you, and I think that like the audience will get value from. Like, it's been really great hearing your story. Oh, thank you, thank it's you. It's been really great. No, no, you're welcome. Yeah. Like, it's my pleasure. It's been really great. Like, hearing like 
what you're doing with uh, creative control. And I'm gonna look. I'm looking forward to you know seeing yeah, it, seeing yeah, how it's yeah, seeing like the yeah. other um, you know um, brands that you work with um, in the future and keep doing your thing. Like I think Thank it's you, it's very you know it's important that we have voices yeah in the entrepreneurship yeah. space right because I just again UK I think it's it's getting there but it's not quite there so I think your you know your experience is is quite valuable because somebody's going to be listening yeah, to this that yeah. wants to start their own you know business and or might even be in business right now yeah. and they think okay this is something I need to yeah. continue with you know kind of like how to kind of steer my, my way in the right direction so you know I really appreciate you coming on no, I guess you, um, where can people find you if they want to you know obviously so I'm on you, all the so- no I'm on all the socials <laughs> um, but yes I'm, I'm on Instagram at a D-O-L-U U-S-E-G-U-N um, Twitter is D-F-O-L-U-S-E-G-U-N I know this is long um, and LinkedIn it is D-O-L-U-S well LinkedIn.com forward slash I-N slash um, D-O-L-U-S-E-G-U-N but I think even if you Google my name you should see me about so yeah I'm all about amazing yeah. and do you have any final words for the audience? Um, I think I think there's two two main things is that if you want to build a business or if you're working and you want to go up the ladder, it's like find like what your value is and really, really double down and, and showcase your value to your boss or create value in your product or services because your consumers or your boss will love it and also have a, a mindset and attitude of serving others. Like for me, like when you feel like you're serving others, um, and I know some people hate the word serving, but I think the heart of someone who serves is so, so important. And I think things will happen for you like you won't even imagine if you have that mindset of like, I'm going to serve this person and I'm going to offer as much value as I as I can. And that value could be like learning new skills to help you become better in your job or whatever like that. Trust me, like those two things will help you propel like a lot. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're definitely definitely gonna do part two. That's (laughs) happened because I got I got a lot more questions, a lot more uh, areas that I wanna uh, kind of delve in, especially in the branding. Yeah, yeah. Um, is becoming very interesting because obviously now you got the personal brands. That's like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I wouldn't even say thing. that's an even emerging space. That's that's been around for a while, but a lot of people are now yeah, more focused yeah. on that than the traditional brands, which yeah. is very very interesting because I've I feel that kind of gives an opportunity. So that's that's something that we'll definitely yeah, no, definitely. Like I've I've seen an emergence of people building a personal brand, and I feel like what's happening now is that CV not say CV is redundant, but CV is becoming more redundant and. Mm personal brand is the thing that is becoming more prevalent yeah because like the first thing when you see someone when you talk to someone the first thing you're going to google um i always say sometimes like your cv is especially in entertainment whatever your cv or your instagram or your linkedin Mm. everyone's going to search you and if if there's nothing there or there isn't some sort of like messaging or personal brand people might go okay is this person real or something like Mm. that but if you start building your personal brand and people google you they go on your LinkedIn or they go on your thing and they see some sort of like um, activity and they go, oh, this person's interesting. Then yeah, you can do a lot. And there's so many like connections and opportunities that come from like building a yeah. personal brand. Like it's, it's crazy. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, part two. Yeah, part two. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, David. Thank you audience for tuning in to yes. the episode of the podcast and we'll see you next week's episode.